and here we are. What's up, Adam? Hey, 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 how's it going tonight? But I'm excited. I am too. We've got another edition of Real Talk on 92.5 WLSD. The Vault. The Vault. Exciting. What's great about this show is that we often bring movies out of the vault and discuss them. Yes. With forgotten movies. Forgotten movies, yeah. And up to this point, we have not really had a movie that we've not recommended. No, no, they've all been good. Yeah. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna dive right in. We're gonna have the phone lines open a little bit later. One eight five five nine two five WLSD WLSD. We have a toll-free number. I know that's fantastic. Yeah. Is that not wonderful? Yes, I don't think that I've ever had a toll-free number. No, I was promoting the show earlier for people to go find it on iHeartRadio too. Very cool. Yeah, so we're gonna take it like. It's, it's going to go all the way. Global. Yes, yes, yes it, it is. is. So <laughs> please, if you're tuning in tonight, you can check us out on all the social media that we have. You can go to Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, which we, I guess we don't really have an Instagram for the show yet. Not yet. Um, and we have individual, uh, you, you were starting with TikTok? Uh, and maybe, maybe, I don't know. Okay. Okay. But we do, uh, I do have one, and it's mine plus the other people's show. Right. I'm going to segue into the other people's show. So please like and follow and go to YouTube, the other people's show as well. So uh, how's your week been? It's been fantastic. I mean, it's been a work week. I've been excited about this show. Yeah. Yeah. So we got it. We got it going on. Um, If you want to check out, uh, we have uh, In Dreams is also streaming. And uh, all the past shows that, that we've done. The past shows are all good. The podcast leading up to this on-air broadcast uh, of the show. I said, yeah, it's exciting. They're all good episodes, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and please go back and check them out. out. Yeah, and within Dreams, a good enough time as any to mention the... Uh, uh, oh, the, the Film Festival. Film Festival. Yeah, yeah we, we, we were in the uh, Frankenfest uh, Franken Franken Film Festival. And that, that's going to be June 9th and 10th. In Knoxville. in Knoxville, so that's very exciting, and I think it's going to be expanded into a feature. Nice. So uh, we've got uh, you, you, you chimed in uh, with some voice work, so maybe yeah. you can actually make an appearance at the time. Yeah, that would be a face to the voice. Yeah, sure. So uh, tonight we have a very controversial movie upon release. Uh, yeah, I can, I can tell why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even at the same time, you know, we've done a lot of 90s movies. And it's very on par uh, with the types of movies. With the landscape of the, the films that we've done. Yeah, and the level of violence. And, um, yeah. Or, you know, now, looking at it from fun. from what we've done, like looking at it from the lens of today, did it seem, we're talking about natural born killers, by the way, did it seem more um, violent now looking back at it to you? Um, probably. You know, like I, I remember watching it, when I was younger, and I liked the movie for very different reasons than I found myself enjoying it this time. Like, I think I appreciated the filmmaking a lot more the first time. Yeah, yeah. But this time, I think, as an adult, looking back on it, I picked up on way more of what the story actually was telling. Yeah. All the the societal uh, implications that it was putting putting out. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I've watched it a couple times throughout my life, probably five, you know, five, I've seen it many five, six times. times. Yeah, and it, especially looking at it from the lens that we look at it now, as uh, you know, we discuss it and dive into you know some things about it, um, and from a filmmaker and a creative person's point of view, sure. it's a very um, 
distinguishable original piece of work. Yeah, absolutely. And, There's a lot to take in. Yeah, and I do appreciate it um, probably more now than I did. I think I did in the as past. well, for sure, for sure. So, so let's, let's get into it a little bit. bit. We've, We've got, got two psychopaths lovers going on a killing spree and are irresponsibly glorified by the media. Yeah. Would you, would you think that's pretty much how this is? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You got Mickey and Mallory Knox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, classic characters. I mean, this is a classic, classic movie. Now, could you think of anyone else playing those characters? No. No. I mean, because Juliette Lewis plays crazy good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, and Woody Harrelson, you know, like I said, that I, I said while we were watching it, um, it was just this acknowledgement that Woody Harrelson is a really good actor. Yeah. I mean, like he really is because he plays the role super good. Everybody, it's another one of those movies that everybody really plays the role good. I mean, you might not like the character, you know, because the character, it, it, the character is, is a horrific, horrific unlikable anti-hero. Yeah, but the whole movie is just—it's this Bonnie and Clyde like love story that is told in such a way that you can't help but feel those moments of love that happen. Like in, in their relationship, even though they're on this killing spree, they're killing all these people. But on those at those moments, like you still feel it. You know, like the scene on the bridge, when yeah. they get married, you know, yeah. this whole thing. I was surprised heading into it how many scenes I actually remembered because I was like, you know, I remember this scene. How, how long ago it has been since you watched, watched it? For it's a, been a good decade at least. Probably. Really? Okay. Yeah, at least probably. Okay. And that might be you know, overextending a little bit, but. It's been, been, years ago, it's, been, it's been quite some time, yeah. Wow. But I've seen it so many times, I remember all the music from it. Right. And some of it I forgot, but the soundtrack is just phenomenal. Off the chain. Really. Now, that's a pretty interesting thing. We'll give it to a few. Uh, like you said, it was uh, Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And Michael, uh, was is it Michael Madsen? Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Yeah. That's right. Who uh, actually passed away? Uh, yeah, that's right. Back in March. He's good. He's in so much stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and he played that role good too. I mean, everybody. It's a well, good cast. The interesting thing about that, his character's name, um, last name is Scagnetti. Scagnetti. Yeah. Now Scagnetti. This was, was written by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. So there's another. Scagnetti. <laughs> when you were watching it. Right. Another Scagnetti, it was in Reservoir Dogs. Yes. So Scagnetti in that and the Scagnetti in this are actually brothers. Because this is all in the universe of Quentin Tarantino. Sure, so that makes I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, super interesting. So we've got directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah. And he, at the time, he was still, you know, I guess to this day, he was also always kind of known for these boundary-pushing, yeah. controversial yeah. films. Uh, you've got Born on the Fourth of July, Platoon, JFK, Any Given Sunday, uh, Wall Street. Yeah, all good movies. Um, and one of my favorites that not many people have heard of, U-Turn. That's a good one. Um, have you seen that? We, yeah, well, we talked about doing it for the show. Yeah. And we, ha- we hadn't done it, so maybe we'll do that Yeah, down the road a little bit. Because, because that's, that's a movie... A I, 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 I knew that you and I would, would do well on the show because a few films that I had mentioned when we had spoke, even before you came aboard, and you were the only person that had heard a lot of these. Yeah. And I thought, this might be a good yeah, yeah. match. Well, growing up, I was, I was big into obscure movies and stuff. Like, I wanted to do movies for a long time. 
And those always seem to me, honestly, coming from a filmmaker point of view, is I would always try to write what I would be able to actually make with the budget that I had. And a lot of these independent films were things that were possible. Sure. You know, even Reservoir Dogs, if you think about it, there's only one or two or three settings. So, in theory, it is possible. Sure. You know, if you don't have much money to pull it off. Yeah, well, especially in today's time. Yeah. With the cell phones. That's the interesting thing. I wonder if we will be the only film at the film festival shot on the iPhone. I don't know, but I would market it that way. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because, again, we I've said it to you many times. I've said it to other people. You know, I'm watching this guy. Uh Given talks, and he's talking about how the, the camera on your cell phone is better than the camera that Hollywood was using 20 years ago. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would attest to that 100%. So, when you kind of look at it that way, it's like, I mean, we could all be making little short films. I mean, in theory, there's a director, his name is Sean Baker, and uh, he's made uh, several little uh, small films, but his breakout with, with the iPhone 5. Wow, uh, called the Tangerine. Wow, no, no, I've, heard six. Six. I think I've, six. Six. I've heard of the movie. I know it's, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it, but yeah, yeah uh, I've watched some, 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 yeah, some, yeah, yeah. iPhone six. six. Because like, at that point, when, when you recorded, it, it didn't. It, it wasn't the full screen. screen. You actually had to blow the, the footage, footage up. Right now, you don't. You don't, right? So some interesting facts. We have the budget of thirty-four million dollars, and I think you can see it on screen. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very visually like, yeah. stunning movie. And I think, you know, some movies you can look at and you can be like, where, you know, where did they spend all this money? And $34 million, obviously, all this is a lot of money, but in Hollywood terms, that's a modest. Sure, well, considering the cast alone yeah. carries a fair amount of that. That's true. Something else that was pretty interesting is that at this point in time, Woody Harrelson was still kind of best known for... Cheers or why they can't jump. Yeah, and I think a decent proposal. Yeah, maybe the heart of the. I can't think. He was in a cowboy movie. I can't think of the name. Oh, what was another one? Cowboy movie. Yes, and then this one. So this was a complete departure from anything he had ever done. Yeah. And um, so that, so that was, was pretty interesting. interesting. So we got the, the budget thirty-four million, forty-eight percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes. What was? It? It was in the highway. Was, was, was Kevin Costner? Oh, that's right. that was a good one. It was actually the Ryan Reynolds story. It was interesting. Just pull that up closer. I didn't know. I'm supposed to know. No, you're, you're the uh, screener. This is Stacy. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, yeah um, it, it seems also that Woody Harrelson, the older he has gotten, the more popular he has become again. Yeah. Because it seems like near maybe, you know, the end of the 90s, early 2000s, what was Woody Harrelson really in that much? Um, Do you think of anything at all? Not movie wise. He went kind of political a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then he, he was, was in the, the uh, he was in like the, the, the people versus Larry Flint. And I always remember. Yeah, I've actually never seen, seen that one. Really? I've never seen it. That's like kind of a true story. So I forgot, kind of forgot he was in that. Yeah. Actually. So it was. It was kind of weird seeing, uh, you know, him. I guess if you were used to watching him in those other movies, seeing him. Although um, one of the things that was interesting, I'll bring up in a moment of facts. Um, was that the um, he was cast in the movie because Oliver Stone 
thought that he had a look of violence in his eyes. <clears throat> That's why Woody Harrelson was, was cast in this Interesting. Movie. Well, I mean, he it's portrayed. I mean, it comes through. Yeah, totally. So, um, so we have... During filming, Julia Lewis actually broke Tom Sizemore's nose when she slammed Skagnetti's face into the wall. Nice. So that was real. I mean, not nice, but... Yeah, yeah and that, that was, was actually the, the scene that the, the take that they used. So yeah, when wow, you watch yeah. that, his nose is being broken. there in her cell? Yes. Yeah, yeah. wow. And, and that's, that's a very intense scene. No, it is. Well, that movie's got all kinds of intense. It's an intense movie. Yeah. I mean, really, especially, like, you know... Again, not not a family movie. No, by any stretch of the imagination, it touches on some real, like, some pretty heavy topics, right? right? And and tells the story in just a crazy way. Because again, like, I, I didn't really pick up, uh, you know, back in the day watching it on the story. But again, it really is a story of these two kids that grew up just extremely abused and abusive households. And they turned into serial killers, you know what I mean? Yeah. That then were just, you know, hated on by the cops. But like you said, in the media, we're just completely glamorized, you know, compared to the only the only person more popular than that was Manson. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. You know what I mean? By the time people are like, you know, not that I don't, don't condone serial killers, but if I was going to be a serial killer, I'd be, you know, making Mallory Knox. Exactly. What's interesting now is that... <clears throat> The glorification, or at least the discussion about serial killers or murder, you know, school murders, things like that, is there's documentaries about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Podcasts, which we have a podcast, you know, coming up next week about uh, diving into those topics. So now I don't even want to say it's glorified, but it's more discussed now. It seems sure. on a major level because how many people. Watch and listen to those things. I mean, Dollar was one of the top shows on Netflix. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, true crime stuff. Yeah, super, super popular. You know why they're so popular? I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. But it's, it's, it's probably a variety of things there. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess a lot of it is the psychology. A lot of it's the psychology of how someone could commit something. Because a lot of the time, I think it's with like BTK, mind torture, kill. He lived a relatively quote unquote normal life, right? And his, his wife and child do nothing about either horrendous, you know, cases that he, you know, things that he was doing. Yeah, and I think people might want to get inside the, the mind of that and discover how that. Yeah, because well, it gets interesting with this because you see, like, you get well, you're first introduced to uh, Mallory Julia Lewis's childhood via Rodney Dangerfield's the dad, and the movie's done in such a way that. I don't know. There are so many different types of filming yeah. in it and styles that I was. It was kind of this twist in my head up a little bit. But once I kind of, in retrospect, I started realizing I was like, "Well, it's interesting because, like, with that, with that scene with Mallory's house and, and Ronnie Dangerfield, it took it back. Maybe like it was a sitcom TV show, yeah, from the seventies or yeah, something. Yeah. You know what I mean. And like so, in the style, if you haven't seen it, of maybe like a honeymooners or I Love Lucy type. Yeah, type totally. Thing. Black like and white. Uh, when the characters walk in, there's applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The know. whole thing. Except it was, uh, it was exactly like that. Except the the dialogue and the situations were very um, dull, disturbing. Really. Disturbing. So Rodney Dangerfield is just completely just abusive. 
abusive, you know, yeah, abusive. abusing her, you know, abusive to the son and the wife. Yeah, and the son's all kind of crazy looking too and stuff. And so it's disturbing when you're watching it. You're just like, what? You know what I mean? But there's this happy music playing, you know, there's people laughing, applause. And like, Mallory, so when up. they meet, there's like the lovey-dovey music, you know. And the, yeah. And the, but, it, you know, it sets up these monsters, for lack of a better way to put it. You don't see a lot of uh, Mickey's until you get little glimpses of it, but you really pick up on his, like, later on. And again, like, super abusive. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's not, not really like... like you know, I guess, I guess you could say, say that about a lot of killers. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I've never killed anyone, no, but you—you you could see how these, how their childhood is formed, who they become. Sure, a little worse, like you said. Sure, uh, how they are now. Well, present time in the film, going on this spree, but you yeah, said you could also feel the love, like you said, when killing one on their wedding day. Yeah, right, and that, and then. The moment they're towards the end of the movie after they've been separated for the year or whatever in jail and they finally see each other again, like you can kind of feel that moment. Yeah. And at the same time, they're like, these are, you know, I can't believe they're killing our parents and stuff. But at the same time, they're like, uh, kill that dude. You know, in a way, you're like, this is a monster. Like, who's the monster, really? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And so it almost, you almost want to justify that. But then it just goes kind of off the rails. And the, the third, third act is completely off the rails. Yeah, and, and and it makes this progression, like with Mickey, where he, almost in the end, he's like this angel of death kind of mentality in yep. his head, you know, like, um, yeah, nobody's innocent kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of crazy, I guess, the part in the uh, cafeteria when they shows the warden walks through the table and the bald guy's at the table eating. Yeah. He's actually a real prisoner. Oh, yeah. Well, he murdered his wife oh. and children by beating them to death with a lead pot. Wow. So they were, they were actually did, did film in Joliet, uh, Illinois, mm -hmm. which also happens to be where, uh, this is just an asterisk random thing, where Andy Dick graduated high school. Yeah, a plug for future shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Well done, sir. <laughs> and more on that in the future. But it was it was filmed at a real prison, and a lot of the you know uh, extras in there were prisoners. Wow, so that was a pretty interesting, interesting. thing. This says Oliver Stone gave him a featured role because he said the man's stoicism terrified him. Wow. Well, I mean. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I would think so too. Jeez, that was apparently really bad. Wow. wow. So we got uh, we got forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We've got eighty one percent positive for audience, which makes I mean yeah, that makes and sense. And IMDb has seven point two. Wonder why it's so low on Rock Tomatoes. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the only thing there's I, a lot of good things about the movie. Well, see, I watched the Cisco Ebert review, yeah. and they both thought it was a um, a brilliant movie. Yeah, I mean, and like I remember when I was watching it, it's, it's again, it's right on kind of par with what we've been doing. But it was almost like, almost like the most complete of that genre that we've kind of been doing. If that makes sense, right? Like it was just you know, it was Oliver Stone came came in, so that helps a lot. I mean, those are all good movies, but uh, this was just 
there's a lot to pick up on. Like, I still found myself wondering, like, sometimes I felt like some of the film work and the cuts, I was like, was that really, like, why, why did they make this cut? Why was it like this? Like, it almost seems unnecessary. Like, a lot of the cuts with Mickey's character, and he's all, like, the jacked-up cartoon guy. Yeah. Like, running down the hallway. But then I started wondering, I was like, well, that almost makes sense, because he's, that's probably one of these loops in his head from his childhood. You yeah. Know, like just. Well, I did, I did read, cartoon, and, you know, and like, well, especially they do that kind of a little bit at the beginning as well, because Mickey's sitting there asking the waitress about the key lime pie. Yeah. And then it cuts really quickly to like the waitress kind of flirting with him, but then it comes yeah. back to reality. Yeah. It's full of yeah. that weird cuts like that. And I forgot the exact amount, but there were more cuts in this than, it, it held some kind of a record at the time with the amount of cuts. I can and imagine. different uh, mediums that they used, you know, because they used card, cartoon and, you know, black and white, black and white, genres, distortions. Yeah, tons of it. And it, it comes, comes at you quickly. Real quick. I mean, you, you really don't have time. As, as pretty much as soon as you sit down, you're into the ride. Yeah. You don't have time to get used to the ride because you're in the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I started wondering that because it definitely keeps you engaged in the movie, the rapid fire, yeah. like cuts and stuff, uh, for sure. So this made $50 million, and worldwide, I couldn't really find the amount. So I'm not sure, but it still was a financial success. This was Rodney Dangerfield's only dramatic performance. Really? And he was very uncomfortable with a certain, well, some of the dialogue. I can imagine. And there's one scene where uh, his character gropes his daughter's character, and that really wasn't him or Juliet Lewis doing that. He was uncomfortable doing uh, that scene, so that really yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't him. But he, he already I, looks kind of odd anyway, you know? Rodney yeah. Dangerfield has that weird, odd look. Those eyes and stuff. Those eyes, but yeah. they bulge so much yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And he's got the stained wife beater t-shirt on. Yeah, it's all very creepy, cringy. And you kind of, you, you root for, you're happy that Mickey did what he did. I mean, yeah, that's how you, yeah, you find that. And then, you know, they burn, they, they set the mom on fire and like into the brother or she's like you're free now yeah you know and so like you root for that but then again it goes just off the rails killing spree and it is portrayed as just randomly mm -hmm. but again a lot of the murders that they're doing that you see you don't see them do you see via this media reports like you never actually see them driving down the highway and like shooting the bronze cyclist or whatever no so, you just you hear know, wayne gale yeah, so a lot of these things are reported to you via Wayne Gale, who is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. And I, I, when we get into characters, I'll mention it, but um, I was really, I remember the first time I saw um, this film with Robert Downey Jr., and his performance was magnificent. Yeah, it's it was, good. It was really good. I mean, you don't care for him. I mean, he's, I don't know, it's, well, originally, he's like this um, over-the-top media guy. Based upon uh, written, would you would you have a guess of who uh, he was trying to satirize with what character? Uh, someone that's actually still uh, a pundit today. Yeah, I can. Geraldo. I I was gonna say I was kind of along along those lines. I can yeah, see that. Yeah. Um, but another inter interesting fact: over 150 snakes were used in the scene where Mickey and Mallory tread through the snake field. Yeah, that's. 
And since the scene yeah, was filmed, the now listen, this, they filmed the scene at night. So, you know, the snakes are in the temperature and the desert's colder. So when the snakes woke up, they were sluggish. But most of the snakes stayed asleep the entire time filming. Can you imagine that? A hundred and fifty snakes. I not to. So yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, that's crazy. That sounds really. Crazy. I listen. I got, I've been bitten by a snake. Really? Yes, I got bit by a copperhead. Where did you get bitten? Uh, it's right in my ankles. Wait, maybe it's another. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was uh, that was back when we first moved back up here, up there on the mountain. Oh, wow. I live. Oh wow. And, uh, yeah, I was just sitting. Uh, I don't know, like a lawn chair outside my place, and I thought I got stung by a bee. Is kind of what it felt like. And I kind of hopped up and looked down, and I saw that it was a two foot long uh, copper. Wow. Yeah, but luckily it was a large snake, so I didn't. You know, right. right. That was a. Interesting month. I can, I can imagine, imagine the recovery after that. Yeah. Wow. wow. So that whole scene with the snakes is gone. Yeah. Trent Reznor watched the movie over 50 times to give you the mood of the soundtrack. Can you imagine seeing this like watching that one kill it? Like, all right, oh my. You've got to get the soundtrack in. All right. Let me just cram it in 50 times. When did you have time to do the soundtrack? I don't know, but. Well, the one the, the one song uh, something I could never have is in there. It's one of the songs that that repeats itself actually yeah. a couple of times. Like there was other ones that, like in my memory, I thought played a couple of times in the movie, but they don't. Uh, I was surprised how well I remember the soundtrack. I was able to just kind of roll right with it. And then there were songs I forgot. I was like, oh, I forgot that song. Like Jane's Addiction, nothing shocking comes on. I was like, oh, I love that. I forgot that was song was even on here. It's, it's, it's a, a great soundtrack. soundtrack. I mean, yeah, it, it really is. is. For sure. So, so we got, got uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote the original screenplay. He hates the movie. <laughs> and has only a story by credit in the film. <laughs> in his original version, Wayne Gale was the main protagonist or anti-hero ah. and the other characters were background characters wow. now, there's an online version of the original screenplay which i did listen um to uh kind of a guy review the screenplay yeah and it did sound interesting but well, it, i was gonna say i'm not trying to imagine it from from that investigative journalist Stand as as the main character and the exploitative investigating uh, yeah no generally exploitative because that's all really he cares about really if you think about it he doesn't yeah. care about the victims he doesn't care really no, doesn't care about Mickey Malik no, no it's self promotion only the rating for for himself yes absolutely and he gets all over dramatic on it's he, he, he's it's really, he, the, the movie's full of just these kind of like over the top moments like that. Tommy Lee Jones? Jones? Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 what is that? He says something in that movie. He's like, Jesus, Harold, Christ, on his something, something. That was like, what? Yeah, nah. Now that he's a good character. Yeah. So let's get into the plot of the story. We kind of, uh, you know, touched upon that. Uh, pretty much killing three about these two psychopathic lovers. And, and uh, they, they get, get caught. caught. They get caught. Separated. Separated. After one kiss, he gets bit by the snake. Yeah. yeah. Or she does. I guess they did both of them. No, I guess she does. Yeah. They're driving in that. You know, it's got the weird video thing. Yeah. They're in a car, and it's like, 
reminds you of like fear and loathing in Las Vegas yeah. kind of stuff. I wish I could think of what that was called. I, I listened to it today when I was trying to do some research. And that that particular when they're driving in that background, it's just or whatever, a video, you know, like green screen. It's used thirty five times in the movie. Yeah, they used it a lot for sure. But and, I mean, it creates a nice yeah. kind of effect because you know they're kind of kind of be out of their minds. And, and some of the things they do, you know, like when she's sitting early on and they're pulled over, and he's, you know, he, she's, she's on top of the vehicle, and she's like, like no, I see the angels. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then like, like her little dialogue, they know that they're, you know, you're, I guess you're inside of the mind. Well, I'm thinking, is that when they didn't eat some mushrooms? Because isn't that leading into when they end up at the Indians? Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. And the movie is full, like, that's, I, I like, that's one of my favorite scenes, actually. Just because it's full of like uh, the lighting is really used well in this movie. Yes, it is like illuminating, you know, like behind in all, all shades. shades. I mean, they've got the red, you've got the green. Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually cool. And like that scene that you're talking about, she's just kind of you know spaced out, kind of you can see the stuff kind of drifting in behind. Yeah, her, like, from the cosmos, you know. Or whatever. And you see if you look really closely, it, 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 it makes. Um, like, like angels, angels. Like yeah, little yeah. angels or something. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's cool. It's a very visually appealing movie. I mean, it's violent, you know. But again, it's it's no more violent than a lot of the other movies that came out of that time. You know, this was what was it like ninety four? Ninety four. And so, yeah, and we've done a lot of movies. Like most of the movies we've done. Uh, with the exception of maybe like Infinity Pool, um, have been from that. Yeah, in the menu. That's, that's the only, that's the only, the most recent. Everything else was like first half of the 90s. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we did something in 97. I can't remember what it was. But at any rate, mostly 90s. Yeah. Well, Oliver Stone was talking about how uh, I, I watched an interview with him today and how he was talking about that this movie really isn't any more violent than other movies that have come out, like True Lies. Right. But they, he treated the violence, they, he treated the violence more real. In this yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, he, he even said, um, you know, I was, I was reading another one, with, you know, look at all the destruction, really, and all the people that probably get killed in any Marvel sure. buildings, I mean, yeah. cities, but it's never addressed. It's never mentioned. Yeah, because you know, it's, yeah, in the different contexts. Yes. So this movie, if you think about more body realistic count, possibilities, therefore, it's more uh, violent. Violent. Yeah, it's more violent yeah. because it's... Because there are no superpowers. Yeah, yeah, there's no superheroes. <laughs> like, but there are extremely abused children that grow up to kill people. Yes. <laughs> that, that exactly. happen, you know what I mean? That's very realistic. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yikes. We touched on the story. What are the characters? We, we touched a little bit on this. Um, do you have any specific favorite character in this movie? It's hard to say if you have, I mean, because it's hard to imagine this, the characters all support each other really well. So they could survive one without the other. Well, I guess with the, well, even the warden as well, Tommy Lee Jones, even in him, he has his, his own agenda. Yeah, well, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's out, out, does he uh, doesn't? It doesn't, doesn't he get, get a book signed? Is, is he does he sign somebody's book when he's in there? Is it him? I don't know. I know Scagnetti was okay. Scagnetti was because he comes in. He's talking to the one kind of little jailer dude, uh, corrections officer guy that, that rolls with the warden, and he's all like, 
acting all like tough and stuff. It's like you're already ready. Got to sign. Well, did you? I don't. I don't. I can't recall if it was a a, a video or the book, but it was like Skagnetti on Skagnetti. <laughs> yeah, that's the book. That's the book. Skagnetti on Skagnetti. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Tom Sizemore knocked it out of the park. He's probably no, only what twenty. The last third act is pretty much when he comes in. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's definitely. Well, yeah, third act with the movie definitely is one of those movies that has two distinct halves. Yes. Almost almost down to the minute, it seems yes. like, because I paused it at that break from when they get caught, and it goes from the killing spree to the, to the, prison. To the, to the prison and stuff. And, and also, also once they're inside the prison, it's it shot, shot differently, too. too. Yeah. There's, There's not, not as, as many visceral things. It's more of a straightforward narrative. narrative. No, you're right. You're right. Part. I don't know. I don't think I picked up on that when I was watching, but you're right. Yeah. You know, all those crazy cuts, they stop. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And really, with the exception of when it ramps up at the end, and they kind of come, start coming back. And that's when he starts seeing a lot of Mickey's yeah. there towards the end and cuts back to his childhood and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It definitely start roles into like a normal film and then it just uh well it, it, it i think when it gets in there um you know when Skag, not Skagnetti, but when um robert downey jr's character is wayne gale when he is actually interviewing mickey yeah and how mickey is actually talking and then it'll, it'll be like you know they're talking and then earlier in the film there's something going on oh it's during the um like the 50s or 60s black and white scene with yeah. uh, Rodney Dangerfield, at one point, it cuts to a commercial. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like the Coca-Cola panda bear. The polar bear. And yeah, which is an actual commercial. Yes. And Coca-Cola actually did agree to that, but when they saw how it was used, they were not was happy. It, no, I not can't pleased imagine. at all. Well, see, that was one of the interesting things about the cuts, was it cut to different... Um, eras in time, like generations, right. so decades, you know, so you had, you know, you had the 80s back to the you know, 50s or whatever, black and white, whenever that was, I'm not sure, whatever the 50s. Yeah, I think so. Or colored television in the 50s. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't really know. If you do know what we're tell us, you call us at 1855 Answer the trivia question, win prize. When did color do it or color television? Yes, yes. Tell, tell us what color televisions came in. Right. Um, but we're not sure. sure. But I thought that was interesting. But that scene that you mentioned is that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, the interview with Nikki. Because I think it's one of my favorite, favorite scenes, scenes as well. Because he's talking and everything he's saying, like I just I'm just sitting back like I mean, yeah, no, like you're right, because he's talking about corporations and like and just the destruction of the planet, our minds, and like all that like stuff. Like everything that he does say is is completely true. Like everything he's using to justify his actions is just like. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't agree with the killing that people, you know, to be make myself this angel of death or whatever. Right. Like that his his reasoning was pretty on point. You know what I mean? And I can't remember exactly what he said, but people that know me can <laughs> half imagine what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. But. Because it was all true. I mean, it was all perfectly, perfectly true. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about the idea of, um, you know, how they always leave, left one person alive? Well, now it makes sense. Yeah. It sets up the end of the movie just perfectly, perfectly. perfectly. And uh, I think that was a pretty witty because they, 
you you don't really know what happens to them um, at all at the end. You know, they go on. Oliver Stone said in his mind that love conquered the demon. So in his mind, they didn't uh, commit any more acts of murder. Right. I didn't. I don't know if I saw it that way. To be honest with you, yeah. Did Did you see it that way? I don't know that I did. I did like, it's interesting. I like the way they ended it. I like the way they ended it with the. I almost don't want to spoil it, but most people have seen it. That's the thing about this movie. Spoiler alert! It's spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Like how it ends. So they set it up with this throughout the movie, leaving, you know, leaving somebody left to tell the story. They always got to leave somebody left to tell the story. And of course, when he's in there. So right before that halfway mark in the movie, and he's in there trying to get the the medication or whatever for the snake bites, and the guy is the only guy in there, the clerk, and he's like, you know, you gotta leave somebody alive, leave somebody alive, you know, tell the story. Because he's watching Wayne Gale's story about them yes. on the television when Mickey comes in, and that's an interesting scene too, because Mickey, it's like almost the first time that he sees how popular they are. Right. In a way, but never mind there's been cuts throughout the movie of them like uh on the cover of like Time magazine and all kinds of stuff like that. But that's that's, that's some of the, it's, it's, it's kind, kind of, of I'm glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> but uh when they, they, they go, go to Time magazine, magazine, they're interviewed, you know, their their faces all over you know, yeah. public enemy number one. Yeah. And, and all this kind, kind of stuff. It's um, like how, where did all those photos and stuff like what? Where did that come from? But you know, and so that clerk guy, he's like, you know, oh, you got to leave me alive. And he's like, yeah, but if I don't kill you, uh, what's, there's no story. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah, crazy, crazy. And then it comes on. And so they, they go through it. So at the very end of the movie, same kind of thing. Wayne Gale is trying to pull that same card of yep. like, oh, you got to leave somebody alive. You can't kill me to tell a story. And they're like, we did. Your camera, you know, and the camera's sitting there on the ground. Got this picture of you know, Wayne Gale's character. And then he goes all like, I don't know, savior mode or something, you know, and he's like, stretches his arms out. And, and just takes just, the bullets. And they just gun him down, you know what I mean? And that's how the movie ends, and you're just kind of like... No, were, were you happy with... I don't want to say happy, because, you know, no one's ever happy with so much shot in the film. But as, as the character, were you... Did you think that was what Wayne Gale deserved? Because it was ironic that he, I mean, you know, he had the camera there, and they were technically correct because the camera is the witness. The witness, I mean, yeah. So, like the way the story plays out, and, and through the production, it does. It wouldn't have made sense, I think, if Wayne Gale's character would have lived in the end. No. But even even Wayne Gale's character needed Wayne Gale to die at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the pinnacle. Now he's like he's a, he's a story of the story now, and that's like totally it it, it makes perfect sense for his character. It was, it was interesting because we we actually watched this uh, this film in, in film class one time. I've seen it I think once or twice before then. Right. But one of the questions was what was more impactful the. Um, the killing sprees that they had went on. Well, if it had happened in real life, what had happened, or the satirization of it in the film, what would have more impact on the, the culture as a whole, do you think? If something like this had happened in real life, or would it have been 
you know, three weeks later, on to the next murderer, on to the next oh, killer. Well, you know, it's kind of how it is now. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of totally the way it is now. Yeah. I mean, like... It I, seems like every couple of weeks there's someone new that's done something bad. Yeah, well, yeah, and again, it's, it, it, the system, I feel like, has worked real hard to kind of desensitize us uh, to a lot of that kind of stuff. I think so, too, because, you know, now, like, I mean, you know, especially back in the, the 90s, that, now everything is at our fingertips. If you want to watch, uh, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. if you want to watch an interview with Jeffrey Dahmer, you just type it in on YouTube. Yeah, well, what's interesting, too, as far as I hadn't even thought about until now, and you mentioned like something like this happening, but the first like real school shooting that I can remember that when it really started becoming a thing was Columbine, yeah. which happened in 94, which is the same year this was released. So that was April 20th of 94 right. that happened, you know, so... Interesting that this all kind of, that's obviously become the trend mm -hmm. now. And, but again, it, like you suggested, if this actually happened, would it be more impactful than, is the movie more impactful than the event itself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's hard either. to say. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the movie. Of course, we can tie into any number of, I mean, there hasn't been something like this per se. Right. But those numbers, I mean, listen, school shootings far surpassed the body count of this movie. Because what did they say? How many did they say they shoot? They do say how many they kill, but I can't recall how many. I recall here. 125? Okay. Oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah. I didn't realize the body count. That's a pretty high body count. Yeah. The fact that school shootings still surpassed them. Yeah. I guess for two people on a road trip. Yeah. That would be six. Four different reasons and pick up something different. Oh, because time. well, and again, because it goes back to those cuts. I mean, and it's you're just, like, there's you can't see everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just it's like right. your uh, your what is it like a glass Joe from Mike Tyson's Punch Out? And you're just getting punched with things every time. Wow, dude, you know, blew the dust off of that one from the bowl. <laughs> yeah, jeez, <laughs> I remember so, uh, that. So, what about originality? Um, I mean, listen, I thought it was a really good take on it. It's a Bonnie and Clyde story, yeah. essentially. But uh, the way it was presented good. was the original part. No, I liked it. And the characters like jumping. I mean, they're all memorable. It was a very characters. interesting way to tell a really hard, messed up story. Because, again, if you, if you kind of bring it into the context of the real world, it, or even, like, the things that transpired in their childhoods, again, that created these people right or allowed for that mental break or whatever because it didn't seem like juliette lewis like mallory's character was really that kind of person no until mickey came along and unlocked that yeah, door because he obviously was yeah already you know and so he's like he's kind of manipulated her in a way and you can see, like, she's very much in love with him. Yeah. Like, you can tell when these scenes, when they're taking the hostages, like, it really bothers her. You know, because she's in this relationship, you know, and he's there, but it's still kind of like, they're all, they're, they're, every character in the movie is pretty messed up. Yeah. Has their own messed up head agenda stuff going on. But if like, you think about it, Mickey and Mallory, in a way, are the only, 
I don't want to say they the most authentic people characters yes, of all of them because yeah. they care about at least each other. The other characters only care about themselves. Uh, yeah, and I mean, what you know, Tommy Lee Jones only want to. I mean, I think he's only want to be uh, head honcho of another prison, or he's want to get some kind of accolade. Yeah. Wayne Gale, we we know what his motivations are. Yeah, everybody's trying to get something out of the two of them. Yeah. And all they want really is to love one another because they're, yeah. which is really, if you think about it, other than the death and destruction, that's what they really want, love for one another, especially after they're separated. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's one of the, you can, you can feel it like the movie does a really good job of showing those two dynamics. Yeah. The dynamics of, of just like the violence or whatever, the lashing out, the anger, and the love on the other side of that. Uh, and it's, yeah. I totally agree. So let's get to, uh, would you recommend? Sure. I mean, film? listen, this is, it's a good movie. Uh, a lot of people are probably at this point very familiar with the movie. And if they haven't seen it, um, you should definitely watch it. I mean, it's still very, it's still it's just as entertaining. Even, I mean, it could be, it's again, it's, you know, I've said this in, in the show before. Right. Um, I always kind of look at it with this re re-released today and still stand it. This totally good. I, I think, think so, too. I mean, the visuals, the cuts, like, it all could totally work. You wouldn't even have to update it much, really, at all. No. no. I mean, it totally could work. I mean, I mean was, was there really anything other than, than I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously there's, there's no, no cell, cell phones in this movie, but take, take that, that out of it. And yeah, but there's no phones anyway. I mean, there's, 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 right? there's because no there's no prison anyway. So, Wayne Gale? Oh, that's right. Yes, he was. He was alone with the antenna, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right, when they're in the prison. Yeah, so there totally was. Totally was. Yeah, I would recommend it. Again, it is. It's not a family movie by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, I, you know, I don't know what you let your kids watch or whatever, but uh, it's good, but it's violence and there's nudity and there's, I mean, and it's a hard, it's a hard story. It's not for the faint of heart. I was, that's exactly the words you took them out. It's not for the faint of heart at all by any stretch of the imagination. And not that it's, I mean, it's graphic, but the subject matters that it that it puts out there are there there people have a hard time talking about that in the real world even i guess is why they make we make movies about it because just like forever it's easier to it's easier to talk about it satirically in a movie than it is um you know to talk about it with each other yeah so we'll make a movie about it back in the greek times they made play that it plays and that's how they address societal issues and stuff. They made a play about it. And everybody went and watched the play. Yep. And like, okay, we solved the problem in the play. Therefore, we solved it in real, real life, life, which is not reality at all. No. But it doesn't seem like we, because we kind of built it, you know, we're heavily influenced by the Greeks, yes. <laughs> by the ancient Greeks in this country, you know. And so it wouldn't, it's no surprise that we would kind of do the same thing. And it goes back to what you said earlier about the, you know, which is more impactful, the the actual event or the the re dramatization you know, right. of it. So yeah. It's a good movie. I mean everybody should check it out. I think it's a be prepared. You should talk about it after you watch it too. Because it's one that can spark conversation about 
an array, array of things. things. Yeah. There's, there's uh, uh, I, I guess, guess the week before, before last, someone was asking what we had coming up, and I mean, you know, this is one of the movies, and they were like, uh, oh, I don't like that movie at all. I don't know why I watched it. Yeah, I got. I've got, I mentioned to a couple of people too, and they're like, "Yeah, again, similar kind of thing." Um, and then one of the things that I've heard that uh, a couple of people said that they they didn't really care for as much was some of the jump cuts and all the imagery. Um, well, I can mean see that, and again, that that just that I feel like that kind of boils down to just your taste in in film. Yeah. Because, I mean, does it add to the movie? Sure. I mean, if they could you take them out and be the same movie? Maybe. Right. I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I found a way that the cutscenes made sense to me. Me too. Me too. You know, whether it was the inten- intention of Oliver Stone or Quentin Tarantino that that's what those cuts were supposed to represent, uh, who cares? That's part of the beauty of art and stuff yep. like that is it, it's in us as the observer it's, to exactly. take what we, what we will from it. So what do you think about the score now that we've got the music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, technical problems. Earlier. I really thought the score, like you mentioned, we touched on it earlier. Uh, it was it was good. Oh, it's, it's top really notch. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those like I might go add it to my Spotify. Yeah. Actually, now that that I watch the movie again because it's full of great stuff, and I found myself so many times like, oh, I love this song. Me too. Like, I totally remember this now. I'm like reminiscing on. Yeah. Like, I, I think, remember uh, the, the Jane's Addiction. That's shocking. Yeah, great album too. If you're not familiar with that one, it's an old album. Which album is that? Is that one? Of, is Nothing it? shocking is the name of the album. Okay, I mean that's the name of the track, but it's the, it's the title track off the album. But it's it's such a good good album. I used to listen to it back in the day. Uh, I was living out in Indiana, working at a Tex-Mex joint. Oh really? Yeah, at a Tex-Mex restaurant, and I would open the kitchen every morning, and that's where I'd go in every morning, and I'd pop in a disc. They didn't have Spotify and stuff at, right. at that time. Um, of course, there was probably like Napster and stuff like that. Was oh, yeah. At that point, but it's probably, I don't know, maybe a decade ago now. But uh, yeah, I would put that album in and just go to town in the kitchen. Great, great restaurant kitchen album. If you work in a kitchen, you'll get Jane's Addiction, nothing shocking, and put it on him uh, when you're working. It's good. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, we're going to say we both think that you should uh, definitely check out Natural Born Killers. It's Absolutely. on uh, HBO Max right now. Yeah, I think, I think it's on Prime. Too. It's on Prime. <clears throat> okay, so yeah. it's on Prime also. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, I think a lot of people will. It, it's it's a polarizing movie. Yeah. You're gonna I, probably, I don't think there's a middle ground. And it's okay. It's going to be like, I'll, I really like it. Nah, that's not for me. Not for me. Yeah, I can easily see that. I can easily see that. Yeah. And some people are probably liable to go scoop it up now and be like, yeah, I don't watch that in a while. Like, and it's totally worth it. Like, I wasn't sure how much I was really going to pull on to watch because I was pretty familiar with the movie. Right. I've seen it a lot. But then I talked myself into watching it, and I'm glad I sat and yeah. watched it again. I'm like, this is good. Like, I enjoyed that. I agree. Good. I agree. So thank you for, uh, for tuning in, everyone. That was another episode of Real Talk. Make sure to go to our social media pages, Facebook, Spotify, uh, YouTube, TikTok, the other people's show, Tops. You can write Tops. T-O-P-S, the other people's show. And we will be back in just a moment after this break for more the other people's show on 92.5 WLSD, The Vault.